choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Well, welcome to another edition of uh, Knucklehead Podcast. This is the Knucklehead Stephen. Uh, I told y'all, I told y'all uh, in a few weeks we were going to be having a, a guest. I uh, talked him up a little bit. Um, he needs really no introduction. His name is JP Dinell. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's probably going to try to be modest and talk about how, you know, he's humbled and but quite frankly, he's an American, he's an American hero. He's a patriot. Um, he is, he's one of the best and brightest. Um, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. I'm actually here with him now. Uh, JP, thank you for making the time, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on up. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't be doing anything else. This is, uh, this is, this is awesome. So, um, we like to dive right in here on the show. We don't really, we don't really spend a whole lot of time with fluff, um, just because that's in, that tends to work better. It seems like the dynamic of people who like it and the people who like talking about it, yeah. they're the same way. Cool. So, uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, since we're doing something different yeah. and we have it live yep. on Instagram, For sure. which is uh, getting out of my comfort zone, <laughs> but we got, you know, there's no growth in the comfort zone. That's right. Um, so, you know, we're doing this live on Instagram. Um, it's you know, an honor to be able to be on your podcast. Uh, what you're doing, it, it's awesome. You know, we'll let you talk about that a little bit more. I mean, sure. you just had Tim, Tim Kennedy on. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I just want to make sure the viewers know what we're doing. This podcast is yep. going to be coming out. Make sure you guys subscribe to his podcast and, and check it out and share it out with others. Um, Steven's doing some awesome stuff. Um, that the message needs to be shared. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting when Tim came on, um, and first of all, I appreciate that. Uh, JP Denell, your social, your Instagram is just JP Denell. JP Denell. Anything we need to talk about about EF at all or uh, those musters? Yeah, every, yeah, we'll talk about everything that we're doing with Echelon Front and the musters. Cool. I guess a little bit towards the end. Cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, everything on social media is at JP D I N N E L L. Pretty simple. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Did you get that? All you Marines out there, that was pretty that was pretty self-explanatory. Can write it out with crayons. You can do that or chalk <laughs> or whatever. So just don't <laughs> scrape your knuckles too hard on the ground. So um, at least I fall into that category. So uh, the reason why we had Tim on uh, was because a couple weeks ago there was a Hollywood Reporter uh, magazine cover that came out. And it was, it was four dudes standing up on front with pastel and everything else. And they, and they said... The, what was it? The something about beta, beta male, and there was there was this what I called adulation or a praising of average or this mindset of uh, conformity and the path of least resistance. And I was like, oh hell, hell no! Um, never, never once have I have I ever talked to anybody who's accomplished anything significant where they did it following the path of least resistance. Last time I checked, we live on the greatest country on the planet, uh, doing things that you did. There's things that you did for this for this country that uh, that people uh, people's lives would be better if they understood a little bit more of those details. And you can talk about that. However, uh, there's there's also this gravitation towards average. There's gravitation towards um, the I guess mediocrity as a standard. And it, to me, it just it's it goes against everything American. It goes ever against everything that that we represent as a as not just a family, but my family. But as a country yes. um, and leaders, you never hear them talking about, you know what, I think today I'm going to wake up and just be less than my competition. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. No. 
So um, I think it's dangerous to a certain extent to, to get that message out there and get it proliferated out there in the market uh, without some resistance. So I'm the resistance. Or not I am, but we are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we want to get out there and tell people about it. Um, and we also want to, we want people to embrace failure. Uh, we want people to embrace um, when things get hard. The reason why we talked about Knucklehead and why we started it is because everybody makes mistakes, except for maybe you. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? Oh, Every, everybody makes mistakes. So maybe, why don't we start there? Why don't we start with um, failing? Why don't we start with, instead of acting like you have it all figured out, admitting that you don't and embracing when you don't and just becoming better from it. So can you talk about failure and if you want to talk about an example about it, that, that's yeah. great. Or if you want to talk about something that just comes to your mind when you think of failure, if you want to talk about it. Um, so I've legitimately failed at almost everything I've ever done in my life, except going through BUDS to become a Navy SEAL. Because you fail, you quit, you're no longer in the program. Okay. So, you know, when we talked about what we we're going to talk about, I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I fail all the time. You know, I fail every day. I fail as a husband. I fail as a father. I fail as a son. I fail as a friend. I fail as a leader. I fail every single day, you know. Um, I fail as a Christian every single day. Yeah. Um, but it's learning from those failures, learning from those mistakes that we make so that you can come back better, you can come back stronger and not repeat those same mistakes and push forward. And, you know, take ownership. Take ownership of the mistakes that you make. Take ownership of your failures, yeah. but then also take ownership of, of the solutions. Yeah, what you just said there, I want to I want to go a layer deeper. Okay. And it was... When you take ownership of your failures, what happens? So the taking ownership of your failures, there's a lot of people out there that fail all the time and going through academia, or they go through a uh, an exercise in their school, um, but there's really no monetary value. There's no there's no payment on mm -hmm. that end. So they're they're failing in a kind of a practice environment. Um, how do you take ownership and delineate between failing? And failing, but then getting better to where there's a monetary value associated with that that learning. Does that make sense? Like in consulting, you can yeah. sell, you can sell all day long, and talk about showing value, but until somebody signs on that dotted line or on that dotted line and they and they give you a check, you're really just talking. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was listening. And I was my mind's going twenty different ways on this. Um, so. It, let me back it up a little bit. That's okay. Fine. So in the SEAL teams, when we were in training, yep. we failed every single day. We'd, we'd put ourselves in a, in a situation where we were going to fail in training almost every single day. Everything that we did, we, we would push to the limits where we'd fail, and then we'd throttle it back, learn from those mistakes, tweak, and so that way we can come back stronger. And then when we came back stronger, we pushed past the limit of that previous failure, and we're good, we get consistent, and then guess what we do? Step back. We'd step back, evaluate, and then fail again. Push to failure. And as you continue to do that, you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. I, I think of it like working out, right? Yeah. You, you know, you you have to break down the muscles in order for them to grow. You have to break yourself down as an individual in order for you to grow and get outside of your comfort zone. Uh, so you know, in, in business, when we're working with different companies, the companies that don't grow. I'm sorry, the companies that don't fail, they don't grow. Yeah. They're in their comfort zone. They they don't want to you know, get outside of their capabilities as a leader, as an individual, yep. and they don't allow their team to fail. 
you know, and you should always push your team to go past that limit, but you have to be there as a leader to throttle them back just enough, right? You know, allow them to make mistakes because if they're going to make mistakes and if you don't allow your team to make mistakes, they're never going to take risks. And if they don't take risks, they're not going to do anything great. And if your individuals and team members don't feel like they can fail without major consequences, there's never going to be that growth that you need. So the first time you you went through this kind of that concept or that that learning curve, it had to have been completely different than anything else that you've been taught. Because we're taught not to fail. We're taught don't take risks. We're taught to cheat on tests. We're taught to you know or study as hard as you possibly can. And if you're and then if you're not smart enough, then you then your lack of performance in the classroom leads to ultimately failure in life. And and so there's there's these all these things when it comes to your compromise and your morals, your ethics, and everything about. Um, the way the system is set up now. When I, I'm not trying to knock the system. What I'm talking about is that's your that's your thought process when you go into a real life scenario. For you, it was buds, and you learn. No, that's you're gonna fail. Not only will you not fail, you're probably gonna fail multiple times in an hour, and then in a day, and then go through throughout the week. Let, let's let's be real when it comes to the system. Okay. The the school system is is not where it needs to be. No. It, it's broken. And there are a handful of teachers that are out there that are trying to make a difference. I follow this guy on social media, a tattooed teacher. Um, I'll tag him in this afterwards. He's making a difference. He's a veteran. He's an army veteran. You know, he's fully tatted up yep. against like what traditional people think we should be doing. Yet he has the greatest impact yeah. because he allows his students to fail. He allows his athletes to fail. And he teaches them what those failures are, why those failures are there, and how to come back from that, how to take ownership and grow and push on. Where'd you, where'd you meet him at? That's cool. Through social, he just followed, started following me on Instagram. I, you know, I was on uh, the, the MS CEO project. I was on that podcast. Sure. Got a lot of followers after that. Yep. Um, and I was on Jocko podcast, got a lot of followers after that. Yep. Uh, and so. How similar is Jocko and, and Andy? Or are they? Very similar. Really? Very similar, but very different. Like it's awesome. Andy's story is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. You know, I, I was I was telling Dane, you know, the other day, like I, I felt like I sent the most powerful group text message ever when I introduced Jocko and Andy to each other. You really? Because they both, you know, they, <laughs> they both know who each other are. Message, yeah. You know, they know who each other are. They both follow each other, and I was able to group, you know, send them both a group text and say, "Hey, Jocko, meet Andy. Andy, meet Jocko. No need for an introduction here. Yeah. You know, you guys are gonna do great things together." And um, there was that bombs that followed on one side, and Jocko said, "Get some prioritize." It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then no. just walked away. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, they started <laughs> they started communicating on their own just on their kidding. own thread after that. And awesome. um, but yeah, it's it's cool to have both those guys as mentors, yeah. as friends, as yeah. like my big brothers. Uh, I'm very fortunate with that for sure. Well, I mean, no, not very many people would do what what Andy did, uh, going ten years without making. I think what more than 670 some odd dollars in one month over the yeah. course of that time it's just it's yeah. crazy and then you know you look at what his brother sal has done as well yeah i mean sal is a fin- he is so brilliant when it comes to business and sales and all that stuff uh and you know i just i haven't met him i, I don't dude I don't he's know awesome him. you know yeah he's got his own podcast as well and he, really? he comes on andy's podcast he's he's uh you know the vice president of operations was first farming okay. uh sal for sale i mean and he you know he sent me text messages before and just say, hey, hey, brother, just think about this. Like, hey, what about, you know, awesome video, think about this and provide this value, like constantly guiding me, you know, like helping provide value to me where it, it makes no impact to them, yep. you know? And so I just thought that was cool, you know, and those are 
other guys that are out there that are straight up alphas, you know? And if you look at what they've done, it's never, their success has never been because they're like, hey, you know what? We're just going to take it easy today. Yeah. That produces nothing. You have to constantly get up there, you know, get up every morning with a plan to get after it. Yeah. Now, do I do that every morning? No, I don't. Nobody does. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not going to be one of those guys that tries to be fake and be like, oh, this is what I do every day. I don't. You know, I have my days, my days where I literally don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. I have those days where I'm up until 3, 4 in the morning because I can't sleep. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And, or I have, you know, just headaches and blurred vision and all this other stuff and I can't focus on stuff. Yeah, am I getting after it that day? No. No, I'm, I'm surviving through the day and getting what I have to get done. But I also and you're realize... Honest. You're honest about it. I mean, that's that's the that's the biggest part. It's on social media. There's this... I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I mean, when you talk about when you talk about filters and the filters, not just through pictures or, or through video, there is... Like my my son, he's got a he's got a podcast. He's seven years old, and it's the Kidrepreneur podcast. Dude, that's the Kidrepreneur so podcast, legit. You know, and it's like Mason, like I mean, my son. I, and we'll get back to this, but he, I'm like Mason. You, you're you, half the time you're, you're rambling about Minecraft, and you're talking about you know your candy business at the same time. You know, you, which is it? But the fact is, is he's authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you're just there talking and you're being your being yourself. Um, I think in some cases that's what draws people in because yeah. they're, they're just tired of this, the filters. Yeah. So that, I mean, knucklehead is, Hey, listen, embrace your inner knucklehead. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Except for maybe like Jocko, Jocko like acts like he's, no, I'm just kidding. He's, he's, he's a total cool dude. But, yeah. No, no. He's one of those guys where like, I was joking with him. I'm like, I, I feel actually really bad for you. And he was just kind of like, why? I'm like, because you set this president that every morning you're going to be up at 4.30, <laughs> yeah. that's going to suck, bro. Yeah. I do not want to be up every morning at 4.30, you know? Yeah, yeah I try to, you know, when I need to, I, I do, you know, yeah. but it's all, it's all relative as well. But, I'm, I'm with you know, you. the biggest thing, I think all the rambling that we just did, the biggest takeaway is you look at all these guys that have success. And I'm not talking financial success. That's not what success is. No. But they have what they want in life. They're making an impact. They're yep. making a difference. Yep. They don't do it by being average. Right. They don't. You know, and that's why I started my company when I first got, you know, I was doing sales at a financial company. I got burnt out. Saw some major failure there at the company. And we can talk about that in a little yep. bit. Yep. Um, saw a company fall apart because of ego, you know. Anyways, and I started my company, Never Settle Consulting. Right. And I was doing that for a while. And then Jocko Lake brought me on board. I'm like, awesome. Yes. Love to be a part. You know, that was the first instructor that they brought me on board with Echelon Front. Yeah. And so I stopped Never Settle Consulting because I don't want there to be any blurred lines. You sure. know, I am yeah. all in with Echelon Front. You right. know what I mean? Yep. 100%. And so I changed it towards just Never Settle Apparel. Yeah. So I can still help MMA fighters and help, you know, veterans and, you know, and, and whatnot, you know, and you can scratch out entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can scratch it there, but it it helps provide stuff over here. But the main focus is actually on front. But the purpose of me starting that company never settle is because you, you don't get anything great by settling for average. It's in the name. Exactly. It's pretty self-explanatory, right? It really is. And, you know, and that mindset came from the SEAL teams. Sure. So now I can, I, take that and I apply it to what I do with Echelon Front. Everything that I learned from Jocko and Leif and Flynn and Mike and Dave and those guys. And it's just that mindset of just never settling for average. You know, always pushing. Like Leif's is pretty simple. Lead, win. Lead your team, win. You know what I mean? Jocko's, 
Discipline equals freedom. Be disciplined in your daily actions so you can gain freedom in the other aspects of your life. It's, yeah, that, it's so simple, but it's also really, because it's so simple, it's really easy not to do. And you don't really understand that impact of not, of what the net effect is of multiple days of not doing it or multiple weeks strung together Mm -hmm. to not doing it. It's like that law of inertia. Either it's going to be working, time will either expose you or promote you. Yeah. And um, it brings me to a time. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this. You you started to, you started to touch on a little bit about consulting in the world of of business. And what's harder, that or going through bots? Oh, consulting. 100%. Really? Percent. Yeah. Why is that? Buds is buds is just not quitting. Just don't quit, right? It's literally that simple. Like, as long as you're in decent shape and you decide I am not going to quit, this is what I want, this is why I'm doing it, you'll make it through. I mean, I saw, like, uh, literally, we've had Olympics, you know, level athletes come through and they quit day one. You know what I mean? You have guys that you look at, you're like, dude, there's no way that guy's going to make it. And they're graduating with you, you know, at the end of that program. It's just, it's all about your mindset. Consulting, working with companies, Yes, you still apply that concept, you know, of just being mentally strong and, and not quitting, but the attention to detail and all the fine stuff that you have to focus on and problem solving and, and communicating and listening and, you know, seeking outside resources and wisdom, right? there's a lot, there's a lot that goes to that. So, sure. um, you know, and, and Buzz was fun, man. You know, Buzz was legitimately fun because I told myself, I get to do this. Like that was my mindset going through Buzz. I get to do this. So on a on a Monday morning when we're going for that four mile time run on on the beach in boots and pants and sometimes they're gonna make us get wet and sandy beforehand, guys were just like, oh, we have to do this. And I, I would tell myself, I get to do this. You know, the the barracks that we lived in were right on the beach in Coronado. You know, the condos in Coronado on that same beach they go for about five million a piece. And I was like, geez, that's crazy. And then I, it clicked in my mind. I'm like. I have the same view that they have. I'm in the same barracks, you know what I mean? So just telling myself, I get to do this, yep. made Buds a lot of fun. Now, the, the awesome thing that I get to do with Echelon Front with the leadership management consulting, and now we have these long range programs, you know, we have this leadership development and assessment program, where it's a long range program. Yeah. We have our field training exercises where it's all scenario based training that we oh, do with cool. companies where it's all hands on training, right? Yeah. It's it's extremely rewarding because you're able to sit and talk with a company, find out what their issues are, find out what they're really good at and say, okay, well, hey, here's the principles and concepts that we learned on the battlefield in Ramadi. This is what we did to change the SEAL training program, you know, and take these principles that we talk about in the book, Extreme Ownership, and apply it to a company for what they're doing, right? And not saying, hey, this is how we do it. This is how you're gonna do it. No, no, no. Here's these guidelines and principles and concepts that are proven yeah. in the battlefield. Yeah. Absolutely hands down proven. Now, here's how you can apply it to what you're doing. And let's tweak it to where it makes it to where you guys are working. And when you see a company literally turn around or they're, you know, they're saying, hey, you know what, this quarter, our profit margin through the roof. Like we we've turned around. Well, it's awesome. You know, I know when you have individuals come 
you know, and say, hey, you know, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I, you know, I took ownership of this. I stepped up in a leadership position that I didn't think I was fit for. And now, you know, my team is succeeding. Like, that's so incredibly rewarding to see that. And Absolutely. so that's cool. It is more difficult for sure because now you're talking about Buzz is just about me. Yeah, that's what I was. It's it all about like me. Now, when you're consulting, you're talking about a company that could impact tens of thousands of lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, and to see what Jocko and Leif have done with his company is it's incredibly amazing. You know, cool. and just to be a part of the team is, yeah, I'm very thankful every day I wake up. I'm like, I get to do this. Like, you know, that's why I still, I'm still like, wow, I, this is, I get to do this. You know, I mean, um, it's just, it's incredible. I hear you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, all of what you just summarized, it, there is a, uh, there's a difference between, uh, there's a difference between your mindset whenever you were, well, I guess pre light bulb going off saying that you get the same view as the, mm-hmm. as the $5 million condos. Um, and it's, and it seems to be a mindset that's really, really, uh, I don't want to say popular, but it, it, I think it comes from, I think it's an inadvertent consequence of a lack of attention and that's entitlement, right? <laughs> so, uh, a lack of attention towards, um, whether it be from parents to their kids or from, let's just say you in your fitness or whatever the case may be, you feel as if you're entitled to the result of working hard now without working for it. And this mindset is just, it's, it's a, it's an infection. If you ask me, uh, of, of, well, quite frankly, my, our generation, I'm 35 now, you know, so yeah. it's like that generation and, and, and younger and, I don't even know how to fix it. All I know how to do is just tell people that, hey, yeah, man, I had entitlement mindset for, for a long time. I grew up, you know, my dad left, whatever the case may be, I moved in with a buddy of mine at 15. You know, you joined the military, I played college football. After that, you know, you, you start thinking, okay, well, maybe I am special because you, you start to earn some, not really understanding that it was the work that you've done that made you different than everybody else. Yeah. Because you're told to be average. It's reinforced perpetually all the time. Be the same, man. What's that? Be the gray man. Don't the stand man. out. Yeah, exactly. Be like everybody else. And um, I want to know how you see uh, entitlement, not just with service members, but also with civilians and then delineating between the two and how do you isolate it and how do you deal with it, that mindset, and especially when you're working with companies. Yeah. Um, none of us are entitled to anything. We're not, you know, or we shouldn't. I'm glad we're talking about this because it's literally, it, it gets me frustrated, you know, when you see this um, with other service members, right? Now, obviously, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I served in the military for just under 12 years. I'm very, um, you know, thankful for my, you know, for the ability to be able to serve this country and all the experiences I had and all the friendships and the brotherhood, um, you know, that I built over the years and everything that I did. But I see other service members feel that they're entitled to all these benefits because they served. That's not the reason why you should serve, right? You know, you serve because you're serving your country because that's what we should do. We should all find a way to serve in one way or another, right? And, but because you do that, that doesn't mean that you're entitled to all these handouts and all these other things, you know, like it, it, people that I put on, you know, they're, they're so quick to put on social media, like, oh, I'm a disabled veteran and I did this and this and this. Okay, hey, that sucks. Like, I'm sorry you're disabled, but, like that's not like, that shouldn't be your introduction to people, right? right. You're, 
your introduction is, is who you are as an individual and you know all the, all the other stuff that came with it you know you know then that opens up those doors to whatever um, now with these younger generations that feel like they should it, have everything right away um, man it's not their fault it's our fault it's their parents fault it's their teachers fault because that's all they know like my kids all they know is every building has Wi-Fi our new vehicle has Wi-Fi right yeah so you know why why do I not have Wi-Fi right now why can I not hook up my iPad to something right and if we don't reset their expectations of what you know is reality that's our fault as parents you know and so the the Millennials you know Dave Burke did a great article on this yeah um, sure you know we'll, we'll share it you know so you guys can check it out again but you know talking with Millennials and you know you lead them just like you lead everybody else um, but I will also say there's also um, there's a different way to communicate, right? And you know, just like I talk to you different, I talk to Dane different, I talk to my wife different. There's multiple ways to, to interact with people, right? And so you just have to read a person's a personality, right? Sure. And you have to communicate with them a little bit differently. And I think we have failed by showing people the realities of of what really goes on in the world, right? Um, you know, I have this tattooed on my wrist right here. This too shall pass just as a, a humbling reminding like a reminder to myself like, hey when things are really good in life stay humble because it can quickly turn around I can end up flat on my back looking up at the sky wondering what's happened again for sure when things are really bad I need to keep my head up because things are going to get better yeah. you know and when things get bad they're really not that bad you know when you look at the stuff that's really going on across the world yep. in other nations we don't have it bad not even close. Like our our worst day is somebody's dream. Yeah. Legitimately. Our, yeah. our I promise you, like the three of us sitting here at this table, our worst day is somebody's dream. They would love for those issues to be in their life. You know? And so I think we have to remind ourselves and remind others that we truly are blessed. That Absolutely. we have an amazing life. We have so many awesome opportunities. And we're not entitled to any of it. You get what you work for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get what you work for. You know, and that's what like Andy and Sal and all the guys at First Form and Jocko and Leif preach and everything else. Like you get what you work for. You're not going to be given anything. What increases and those in value is something you appreciate. A hundred percent. You appreciate it. It increases in value. A hundred percent. You look at people that are given, you know, money. It's, you know, people that are given all these things. Yep. They blow it because they don't understand the value of it. Until you actually work for something, you don't understand the value of it. Yep. And, you know, it's, I mean, transitioning out of the military. Uh, you know, I was doing sales at a financial company. Yeah. And I, you know, I was commission-based only. And I had a good support. You know, the other sales guys were awesome, you know. But I had to outwork everybody else. You know, I wasn't given anything. I wasn't given accounts and leads, you know. And, and once I proved that I could take care of accounts, then, yeah, I was able to do that. But I wasn't just given a book of business. Yep. I had to make over 100 cold calls a day yep. to start off. And I'm not talking dials, but I'm talking actual answers. Sure. Like that's what I counted, right? Yep. Nobody else is willing to do that out there. Yep. And so, you know, because people are just given stuff. And um, you have to work for it. You know, that's one of the things with our kids with, with our iPads now is, you know, now that we're settled with this move and everything, it's the kids are going to work and earn the time on their iPad through chores and exercise. Awesome. You want to use your iPad? Okay, go, work, go earn some time. 
Yeah. You know, and so that's what we're, we're you know we're getting ready to implement with them, and because we don't want to have that mindset that they just get whatever they want. You know, and I think society as a whole, we we failed uh, by telling people that hey, as long as you try, that's all it counts. No, that's just where it starts. But you got to start. You got to begin with the end in mind. Exactly. You know, understanding that your effort, the tail end of the result of the effort that you're putting in there is, if it's not where you want to be, that means you got to go back and put more effort in. It's, it's, it's like my brother Leif Babin says, there's only two measures that matter, effective and ineffective. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah it's pretty simple. Um, I know well, we're getting ready to talk. Think, yeah. Well, think, I, it's, I just want to hover over that point just real quick. When you've been most ineffective in your life, how did you evaluate? How did you evaluate? Did you grab a mentor or were you just, hey, listen, I'm going to look myself in the mirror and I'm going to evaluate and say, hey, this is not working. Both. Really? But I mean, yeah, you can you can grab a mentor, but that's not that mentor's responsibility. You know what I mean? Like they sure. they have all their other stuff that they're doing. So if you can't look at yourself and do an honest self assessment, if you can't have humility and check your ego, you're never gonna be able to push on. You're never gonna be able to push to where you need to be. Yep. You as an individual have to do an honest self assessment yep. of where you're at, where you're failing, where you're succeeding. You know, take a step back, detach, yep. you know, and look at what's going on. Okay, am I doing a good job? Am I not doing a good job? And, and move forward. You know, humility, a lack of humility kills, it, it kills the great, you know. Not being able to check your ego is a very, very dangerous thing. Now, granted, our ego drives us. I get that. Sure. But if you can't check your ego, that's a really dangerous place because you don't respect your enemy. This is what we talk about in Echelon Front, you yeah. know, is and I'm not talking about an enemy on the battlefield. Thankfully, nobody watching this right now has to deal with that. Yeah. Hopefully, unless you guys are overseas, thank you for what you guys are doing. Sure. But, yeah. um, you know, we all have an enemy that we have to deal with and battle every single day, right? Yeah. You have to identify what your enemy is before you can attack the enemy. Yeah. And if you don't have the ability to be humble and check your ego, you don't think you have an enemy, right? That's when a company goes, oh, we don't have, what competition? <laughs> okay, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Because there's somebody out there that's hungrier than you are. Yep. And they are gonna outwork you, they're gonna adapt to technology, you know, everything that we talk about in National Front. You know, this is exactly what I talk about with companies is, if you can't do an honest self-assessment, you're gonna fail. You know, and that's what Leif talks about and Jocko talks about with companies. You have to be able to do an honest self-assessment and look at yourself and say, okay, how can I get better? And it's through discipline. Discipline in your daily actions. And what you have to be careful of is the disease of victory. You know, the disease of victory creeps in when people feel like they're doing all these awesome things and they're untouchable. Right. And then what, quick, what happens shortly thereafter? They fall, they fail. And they don't know how to come back from it. So those are things that I think um, you have to be able to do as an individual. So yes, of course I have mentors. I mean, my best friend Dane's sitting right here. You know, he keeps me accountable. My other buddy Stephen, you know, Dylan, and my wife. My wife. You know, that's my number one yep. who keeps me accountable. You know, and for a while, we didn't have this good communication. You know, and it caused a lot of issues between us. And we we work on that all the time, but knowing that she's going to keep me accountable keeps me on track jocko and leif they keep me on track but it's not their daily duty that's not their responsibility yeah they're going to stay consistent it's up yeah. to you to make that decision to stay hey, with them. you're on an airplane 
And what do they say? Hey, in a case of emergency, the mask is going to come down. What do they? Who do they tell you to take care of? You first. You take care of yourself first before you can take care of others. So I, as an individual, as a, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, if I can't take care of myself, if I can't do an honest self-assessment of where I'm at, what I need to work on and improve, how can I do that with others? I can't. Can't. Not effective. Yeah. It's like going to the gym and hiring a fat personal trainer. <laughs> Who's going to do that? Hey, man, you've got your shit together. Yeah. No. So tell me, tell me what you know. Yeah, exactly. Teach me what you know. Oh, you're not applying what you know. And that's, you know, and that's something I deal with every day. You know, I let sure. myself get out of shape. Yep. I'm trying to get back in shape. And I have to, you know, every single day do something. But if you can't do that for Look yourself, Look at mom. You, know, there, you know, trying to get into that crossfit. Throw, yeah. some, throw some weights around. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Well, I interrupted you as no. you were going to start to wrap up, but I, I wanted to know. Uh, I was going to wrap up. I just I didn't know if we had any like good questions that anybody wanted to. Well, do we ask or address, Dane? No yeah. questions so All far. Right. Questions so far. All right, good. so we got we're thirty five minutes in. So let's. Um, so if you, you guys know, have questions, if any, I don't even know if anybody's listening yeah. anymore. Uh, but they will. They will eventually. Hey, if you guys got questions, send them over. Dane's going to read them out while we're finishing up with Stephen. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the last thing I really just wanted to touch on is, um, so Echelon Front in itself is a, it's a very good um, introduction through these, through musters, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, through yeah. the individual. Uh, but it's, that's not the only medium that they can communicate with you. Yeah. So there's a myriad of different products, so there's a myriad of different options that mm -hmm. they can go with. Did you want to talk about that? Or did you want to yeah, absolutely. So the different things that we can do with uh, Echelon Front, obviously, you know, Echelon Front was started by Jocko and Leif. Yeah. You can go to echelonfront.com, yeah. reach out to us. You can send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you know, if if your company is, you know, has any leadership issues or problems, or if you're trying to bring your leadership team to the next level or your individual leadership abilities to the next level, we do coaching, we do consulting with companies. We have the muster. We have the muster coming up in uh, May 17th and 18th in Washington, DC. It's gonna be amazing. I mean, the last four musters have all sold out. This will sell out. Uh, that's May 17th and 18th. Yeah. Uh, muster 006 is gonna be in San Francisco. That's October 17th and 18th. And then uh, September 21st, I believe, okay. um, is gonna be roll call. And a roll call is a one-day leadership event that's geared just towards active duty military, law enforcement, first responders, and firefighters. Okay. Uh, now cool. it's um, we're trying to figure out if we're going to hold hold the line on only that group, or if we're going to open it up to other individuals to come. Where is that going to um, be? That's going to be here in Dallas. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Um, be you know, it's going to be at a lower price point, but we want to make sure we're very clear. It's going to be nothing like the muster. It's okay. just. <clears throat> meat and potatoes. It's just the information at a venue. That's it. You know, the muster, you've been the muster. It's it's an event unlike anything else. No, and we, we've had guys that have gone to other um, leadership trainings and events that said it didn't even come close to what the muster was like. So yeah. um, the muster is it's an amazing event. Uh, now we do, do give a discount for uh, military and law enforcement and first responders. You got to reach out to us because those we only have a limited number of those spots as well. Yep. Um, but I mean, it's just an amazing platform. You know, and then from there, we can do long range training programs, and we have the FTX program, which I told you about. Um, For sure. And so. And if anybody else is thinking of uh, those, it's a great networking opportunity too. There's a lot of solopreneurs that are that are out there, whether they're a 
individual real estate agent, a, a financial services guy, whatever the case may be. Uh, I've met my business partner at, at the Echelon Front in Austin, uh, the Muster in Austin. Yeah. So uh, we run a government contracting business. And so through that process, the, the only way that we would know each other is through this. Yeah. And we, so, we have a lot of people that tell us they go obviously for the message that yeah. Echelon Front brings uh, yeah. based off the book Extreme Ownership, right? Yeah. Uh, but the relationships that they build from the muster, I literally tell, have people like you that just said, it's invaluable. Like I've met my business partner or I met a company that I was able to gain a multi-million dollar contract from. I mean, that's insane, right? And we have people all over the world. We have people that come from Australia, you know, that just come from all over the world. We, uh, you know, Amanda and I, you know, Amanda was at one of the musters and she met a couple that was like, yeah, we came just because we want to learn how to be better parents. So, I mean, all different levels, you know, we have the government there, all the way down to a couple that say, you know what, we just want to learn how to apply these principles so we can be better parents. That's practical. It's practical. You got to learn how to, got to learn how to make it work first. So, yeah. leaders at uh, every level. That's awesome. You know, and as you know, leadership. You don't have to be in a position of leadership to be a leader. Or you can lead up. If, exactly. If you're on the lower uh, rungs or so of, of a, you know, yeah, that type of structure. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, really, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, I mean, we're wrapped, man. I mean, we hit every single topic. Uh, it sounds like life's going pretty good now. Do we have any Do you have any questions? We or? do. Okay. All right, we got a question. One from uh, AJ says, how has your experiences in the teams translated into being a father, if at all? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, experience in the teams to being a father, uh, being patient. You know, being patient with my kids and realizing that everything, it, it takes time, you know, Time on the range, repetition on the range, um, studying, uh, getting to know my job better and better. You know, it's it's a daily process. And being a father, it's a daily process. I fail every day as a father, you know. Um, and one thing that we are trying to learn to do better is to teach our kids how to think, not what to think, right? Yeah. So instead of telling our kids, do it because I told you, it's, do this because this is why we're asked. This is why you need to do this. You know, not just what, but the why. You know, and that comes down to decentralized command. You know, which we talk about yeah. in extreme ownership. Yeah. Um, so being patient, uh, being coachable and teachable, and teaching my kids to be coachable and teachable and to work hard. That hard work is a is a valuable asset. You know, being able to work hard. Is, is a very important quality that you need to have. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, 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 anything good is going to take time. So, um, you know, just having that mindset, you know, just trying to teach that to my kids. Well, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if that question was just for him or not, but I something that helped me out the most was um, what my, my, so, my son asked me about money. He's like, Dad, how do I have – he just asked me the simple question about money. And so he's going to develop his own thought processes about about money. But what I want him to understand is the information of how money is made is very important. So I didn't want him to equate solely his work with creating income mm -hmm. because you can actually have an asset create income for you. But you also have to be able to work to earn the, earn yeah. the income to, uh, to make that. So that's how he started his candy business. But then he also understood um, – he understood that it's, it took – like it's it's we go through this all the time. Purchasing the inventory only comes from the money that he's made from the machines. Yeah, 
but then he wants to take that money and he wants to go buy other candy. I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? Because that other business owner over there, you're going to go and take your money and give it to him. Are you sure you just don't want to buy it from your machine that you already paid the inventory for? And it just, we go through that entire process, but as a six and seven year old, he's going to now be better equipped uh, whenever it comes time for him to actually start tapping into the money that he's making because he's going to, he's going to understand what it's, what it's there for. Yeah. So, and why it's, why it's value, there. you know, and you know, my yeah. kids also to answer that, they, um, you know, they, they understand what the flag means, you know, they understand they're, they're proud to be Americans. They're, they're proud of that, of, of that flag, you know? Um, they know that I've lost, you know, a, a good amount of my buddies overseas and, uh, they know their names, they know their stories. And, you know, when they see their pictures up on the wall, they're like, Oh, is that uncle Mikey? Is that uncle Seth? You know, is that uncle Aaron? Like, is that uncle Derek? Like they know, you know, my buddies. Um, and they know that the freedoms that we have in this nation come at a cost and they don't take that for granted, you know? And, you know, Aiden, he has a, just a beautiful heart. And, you know, when he sees a flag at half mass, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, cause he knows what, what that means, you know, cause we've, we're very real with our kids. We don't sugarcoat it, but we want them to know, you know, the, the cost, you know, that's been paid for our freedoms, you know? And so, um, you know, as a parent, that's one of the most important things not the most important, but it's a very important thing that you need to instill into your kids is they understand, you know, the cost, you know, and when my, when my kids see, you know, <clears throat> a cop or a firefighter in uniform, they thank them for their service. Yeah. You know, like that's what they do. They know. I mean, that's just, we don't even have to tell them to do it. Like they just will go up and we're like, where are the kids at? And they're over there talking to cops or firefighters and thanking them for their service. So yeah. it's, uh, we got to get that idea out there. Reagan said we're only one, generation away from losing our freedom the yeah. only way to do that is to teach it you yeah i can't do it through not, osmosis i'm not gonna let that happen no. while i'm alive i promise you that yeah anything else uh good questions <clears throat> cool. out of all the great leadership skills taught in extreme ownership which was the most crucial to you during your deployment to Amadi? Well, obviously, Jocko instilled into us extreme ownership, right? And just that mindset. Um, and that was through our training. That was through our deployment. But um, just having that default mode of being aggressive. Just aggressively mitigating the risk. You know, aggressively taking the fight to our enemy. Um, getting stuff done. You know, just being aggressive, having that default mode of, of being great. It's just funny because that's almost a shirt that I wore today for, that you can get at echelonfront.com. It says default aggressive, right? Awesome. And uh, It's also don't be beta. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just yes. Saying. Hey, that's exactly the same. You <laughs> know what exactly I mean? Right. Like, yeah. you know, just, don't, yeah, you know, just getting, getting, getting the job done. You know, not making excuses, yeah. realizing like, hey, there is a mission to be accomplished. Yeah. Um, we're going to do it. Right. And, you know, when we got to, you know, they told us Ramadi was an unwinnable situation. You know, they told us, you know, uh, that it was all but lost. And we showed up there and, you know, we knew that something had to change. And we took the fight to the enemy. It, it, there is just as simple as you can say is we started to hunt the enemy because they were used to being able to 
take the fight to us because of what was going on overseas. Yeah. And when when those ROEs changed and we were able to take the fight to the enemy and we took the fight to the enemy with the 228, which is a National Guard unit out of Pennsylvania, and the 11AD and the first 506 infantry, you know, the famous Band of Brothers, yeah. those are the guys I got to work with. Like, I got to work for the Band of Brothers. We were there to support them. On the eastern side of the Moab district in Ramadi, I was out at Camp Corregidor working with the first 506 Infantry Division. And what we were doing as a task unit to support those infantry units was amazing. And it came down to us being aggressive, taking the fight to the enemy. And what you can do every day is take the fight to your enemy. You have an enemy. We all deal with an enemy. Identify what your enemy is and come up with a plan, execute, and take the fight. And that's that was one of the things that made us the most effective. That's awesome. That's awesome. Any other ones? That's good stuff, man. Sorry, I think as we're seeing it, like I'm sideways. So What's hey, that? we learned trial and error. <laughs> we won't hold the phone that way next yeah. time. Oops. <laughs> it is what oh, it well. is. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, um, just wrapped for up. all intents and purposes, yeah. man, we're we are done. JP, I appreciate you you taking some time. Appreciate Absolutely. you. There's one thing that we're passionate about. It's understanding that everybody makes mistakes. So let's not stop pretending like we we don't. So embrace that inner knucklehead in you and yeah. go out and learn from it. Learn yeah. from it and, and become something great. Don't and let those series of failures lead to, to you actually ultimately being a failure. Um, but learn from it. And teach your kids to do that. Yep. You're failing, you're failing your family, you're failing society if you don't teach your kids how to fail. Yeah. We're all going to fail. Yeah. So if you can teach people how to fail and what to learn from that failure, then you're ahead of the curve. That's good stuff. And then man. that's not a failure anymore. It's a win. So where can people uh, where can people find you best? You've talked about it about four times here. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's all at JP Donnell. So at J-P-D-I-N-N-E-L-L. Um, just like dinner, but with two L's at the end. All right. Um, and then also make sure you guys are following echelon front on, on all the social media platforms. And, um, you know, you also have the muster, but yeah, echelonfront.com. If you guys need anything related to anything that we do with echelon front, but Hey, if there's anything that you guys need, please reach out. Um, you know, I say this on, I try to say this on every podcast. If you're a veteran and you're dealing with some issues, do not hesitate to reach out and send me a message. Um, I've dealt with those same issues. I've had buddies deal with those same issues. Uh, we're here to help. We're here to listen. Um, and set your ego aside and reach out and just talk, you know. And, you know, when I first did my first podcast with Jocko, I was really uncomfortable. And Jocko was like, hey, somebody just needs to hear your story. You never know, right? Yeah. And then I had messages come in afterwards and I there was a vet. That was, he was a Marine, he was dealing with some issues, and he said he was close to killing himself that week. And he's like, you know, I just wanna reach out. Is it okay if I talk to you? I was like, bro, here's my cell phone. You call me anytime you need it, right? So, um, you know, I'm busy, we're all busy, but not too busy where we can't talk and, you know, sit. So if, if yeah. you're dealing with some stuff, reach out to us, you know, yeah. just talk to us. And, uh, and realize that you have a lot to offer uh, this world. And we, we need you guys here, you know, so. And not only that, but people will need to hear their story when they overcome it too. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to go back and, and pay it forward. So, uh, well, listen, hey, that's a wrap. Luck we have podcast. You can find us on, you can find us on iTunes. Talk with you soon. See ya. Thanks for the time, JP.